Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Today, we are going to talk about how to track a wounded deer. You know, for regular people who aren't Apache scouts. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. And guys, let me just remind you, if you're not familiar with the YouTube channel, it is not just the podcast in video form. Nothing is the same between the two. In the YouTube channel, we're testing things, showing things, demonstrating things, going to the shooting range, testing ammo, talking about different kinds of things. There's pretty much no overlap. Same theme, but totally different content that is geared for video and works better for video versus podcasting and all of its strengths and benefits. So today I want to talk about how you can track a wounded deer without specialized military or Native American training. You know, what is a regular person who's new to hunting? How do you track a deer? You know, I've seen people, you know, they've lived in the woods their whole lives and they can read, you know, the leaves and they can do all sorts of stuff. It seems like they've got magical superpowers because um, they're just so impressive at different things in the woods. But hey, we're not them. So how do you track a deer? What do you do? Listening to them and taking their advice uh, is only going to take you so far because it's so far over the head of regular people. And a lot of the guys that are on YouTube and are talking about this. And truth behold, the, the basics are not that hard to grasp. So let's just jump into it. First things first, somehow you have shot and wounded this deer. All right, this is where the whole tracking procedure starts is following the shot. And there's a lot that matters on that side. Okay, what you're going to do, how you're going to approach it, the timing, all of that depends on the shot. How did you shoot this deer? Where did you shoot this deer? What kind of evidence? What do you know? Anything that you can piece together on the front end that's going to give you clues to what may have happened is going to help you track the deer more effectively. All right, now a deer that is shot perfectly with a double lung shot or that's hit in the heart has seconds. All right, seconds. Usually that deer is not going to make it 100 yards. Most often you're, you're going to fall, it's going to fall within somewhere around the 50 yard range if it's a perfect shot. Could be with a bow, could be with a rifle. If it's a perfect double lung shot, 
You know, I have seen deer run further with a double lung shot with a 30 caliber rifle and an expanding bullet compared to a, a bow that's dropped them instantly within several feet of the exact same shot. So what you're using does not mean anything necessarily in terms of, you know, tracking. Well, if you shoot with a bow, then you need to learn how to track better. Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. A bow can leave a pretty devastating wound, especially if you're using expandable broadheads, uh, which I tend to favor, mostly because they are more accurate and have less drop at range and fly closer to field tips. Uh, in my opinion, hitting the deer and hitting the deer where you want to hit the deer is the single most important thing that matters more than what you hit the deer with shot placement and the ability to hit where you practice is king that said what you hit it with does not make that much of a difference in terms to your need to track it however you have different clues and different information available depending on where you hit it so for example if you shoot the deer with a rifle well you are not going to find the bullet you cannot investigate the bullet you're not going to be able to tell immediately if it was a pass-through shot. There's just a lot of information you're not going to have. However, the pro side is if you hit that deer in generally the right spot, the bullet is going to do the job. When you're using a bow, whether it's a vertical bow or a crossbow, that projectile, um, there's a lot more variability. A lot of other things can happen or go wrong. There's a lot more nuance there. So a perfect hit with either one is going to do the job perfectly, but you have a higher chance of messing it up with a bow, bigger chance of user error. Nonetheless, so first things first, you have to determine, okay, did we hit this deer? Why do we think we hit the deer? Well, chances are you hit the deer. You, you oftentimes you can tell by the sound that either the gunshot or the arrow makes on contact with the deer. You can't always tell though, but often you can tell. And um, you know if you if you believe you've hit the deer, there's a couple things you need to do. Now if, if you have a bow and you oftentimes you can tell if the arrow passed through. You could see the arrow pass through depending on your angle, or you can see the arrow lay in the dirt or stuck in a tree that had gone through the deer. So if you're able to determine that you had a pass-through shot, you can see the arrow, then you've got information there. If you don't see the arrow, doesn't mean it didn't go through, uh, it just means you don't see it. Now there's a chance it didn't go through, there's always a good chance it didn't go through. But first thing you want to do, if you believe you've hit this deer with anything, is wait. You gotta wait. And, and I have done entire episodes on this subject, so I'm not going to go too deep into it right here, but just the basics, you gotta wait. My rule of thumb is always wait at least 15 minutes. Wait 15 minutes. Even if you believe it was a perfect shot, wait 15 minutes. I will stop, I'll put my gear down, I'll start getting getting undressed, getting ready to go after the deer, taking off my parka or changing layers or whatever the case may be, get, drink some water. Often I've been sitting there for a long time trying to be still and motionless and not drinking, so I'll usually chug a bottle of water, eat a snack, 
right? Because I don't know how much time now is going to go into trying to find, recover, field dress, and get this deer out of the woods. So now's a great time. Just take a minute, eat a snack. I'll take a power bar with me. Maybe you got a sandwich, whatever you do. Now's a good time. Just eat something, get a drink, start packing or unpacking your gear, or whatever you need to do. Get ready. And now, okay, now you got to make some decisions. If you believe it was a good shot, this is where I climb down or get out of the blind. All right. If it wasn't a good shot and you're pretty sure it wasn't a good shot, you need to give more time. All right. Now, a deer that's killed quickly with a good shot is dead within seconds. Um, if it's not a hundred percent good shot, but it's still pretty good, it could be a couple minutes. If it was a bad shot, if it was a single lung, if it was too far back, the deer's still going to die, but it's going to take more time. So you need to determine, okay, was the shot a good shot or a bad shot? If you believe it was a good shot, it was an ideal shot, now's when I climb down or I get out of the blind. And now I'm going to walk over and I'm going to first and foremost look for evidence of the hit. All right. I want to look for where's is there any blood? Can I find the arrow? Can I find any evidence that this deer was hit? So I'm going to go right to where I hit it first and I'm going to look and see. I'm looking on the ground. I'm looking behind the deer because if it came out the back, whether it's a bow or a gun, though it's more likely to happen if it's a gun, you're going to have blood that's going to spray out the back if it was a pass-through shot. And yes, I always recommend using a caliber and ammo that's going to give you a pass-through shot. Um, and I've talked about that in detail on previous episodes. You can find that. But you're looking for blood. You want to find evidence that you hit this deer. Now, I have hit the deer, critically hit the deer, and found no blood. All right, so you're just because you don't find anything immediately does not mean for sure that you missed. There's all sorts of things that can happen. One, we may just not be that good at spotting blood. Two, the deer may be a few feet more or less in one direction once you get down to where you hit it from where you thought it was, sitting back up wherever you were when you took the shot. So you can have that happen. The deer doesn't always bleed a lot instantaneously. So what I'm going to do is look for evidence. I'm going to see if I can find the arrow if I'm hunting with a bow. Because that'll tell me instantaneously if I hit the deer. If I can find the arrow and the arrow's covered in blood, it's going to let me know that I hit the deer. Now, there's a lot that goes on here on the front end. Okay, if you had a bad shot, if you find the arrow and the blood doesn't look right, if it looks, if it stinks, if it smells like it went through the guts, um, you know, there's a lot of things you need to do here. And you can think about, I've, I've talked about this in depth. But basically, if it was a bad shot, whether you know from when you pulled the trigger or to when you found the arrow or whatever you found on the ground, you just need to give it more time. How much in all the scenarios I've talked about in previous episodes, so to keep this one from being two hours long, I'm just going to move past that and assume you guys have known how much time you should take and then you move forward. So once you're ready to start tracking, what do you do? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations 
and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So... Once I believe I've hit the deer, I have evidence that I hit the deer, I'm going to follow, of course, the path that the deer went, whichever direction that it ran, uh, to the point where I'm looking for the, even the footprints of that deer. I want to wa- walk in every step that that deer walked to whatever degree possible. Now, if you hit a deer, it is going to be running. It is going to be trying to get away. So it's not going to be walking carefully with perfect footfalls. So it will often leave disturbed leaved or disturbed ground, whichever way it's running. And so what you're looking for is just any disturbances in the leaves or in the ground or whatever, whatever's down there, the grass, whatever it might be. You're looking for the trail for the path that the deer took. Now, if you can spot that trail, if you can figure out where that deer went at least for the first few steps, then that is perfect. That's not always possible. So then what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start looking for blood. All right, so if I, if I know he went generally in this direction, but I can't find the footsteps, I can't see the trail, I, can't, I don't notice any foliage broken or knocked down or, or tamped down or pushed over, I'm just going to start in a cone in the direction. I'm just going to go back and forth. It's sort of a, in, a, in a pattern, looking back and forth. I'm just going to set my cone and stand where I think I hit the deer and then, you know, hold out my arms to, to make a cone of, okay, probably went, you know, between right and left so far in either direction. And I'm just going to start there and begin going back and forth on that cone. I'm looking for blood. I'm looking for footsteps. And the blood is going to sometimes be so small and so minute, you could have just the itty-bitty littlest bit on a piece of grass. All right, it could, it could be just the tiniest bit on a, on a fallen leaf. And so what you're looking for, these little dabs of liquid, little dabs of moisture. And it could be a little bit shiny. It, it might not be shiny. Of how cold it is, it could start to frost up. It's going to have different color, though, than whatever it's touching. And if you're in stuff that's high, well, that's not necessarily bad because you know that high grass or whatever is going to be brushing along the deer, 
and as it breathes, blood can be shooting out the side, and so that could be all over through the grass that's tall. If it's not tall, it could be on the ground, but you're looking for little mini tiny droplets of red or of sheen or shine as you go. Now, once you have located some evidence, you've located the trail, you know where it's gone, or you've found some evidence that you've hit this deer, then your heart rate goes up, right? And you're like, okay, game on. I did hit it. Something's happening. We got to keep going. Now things kick in gear. So at this point, you're trying to establish the direction, the line, the path that the deer took. In my experience, deer most often, never always, there is no always, most often, whatever direction they're going in, they're going to hold that direction unless terrain or obstruction forces them to move. All right, so they're, they're, I've not seen too often if the, you know, any kind of zigzagging, although never say never. I have seen some, but most of the time they're going to go in that general direction. They're going to follow that path, that trail until they putter out or they're going to look for thick cover and they're going to jump into that thick cover to hide. They don't know what happened. They know something hurts. They, they're running away from whatever happened. They can't breathe. They're limited. So they're going to try to find thick cover to rest and, and hide. And that is, that is a natural instinct. So I've walked right past deer that I've shot because they dove into a bush. I didn't see them. Walked right past it and then found it, you know, when I was making my search pattern later. But you got to keep in mind, all right, let's follow this trail. All right, we're looking for, always looking for the next drop of blood or the next evidence of a footstep that the deer took. Okay, if you get to the point where you're just walking in a direction, you got problems. You have to, you want to go droplet to droplet, footstep to footstep. And every now and then you may want to just break off a stick or grab a stick off the ground, just stake it in the ground. I mean, it could be a two foot stick. You're just sticking it in the ground next to the last blood spot if you're having trouble finding the next one. And then every now and then you could turn around and you could see you know, a few sticks marking a line through the woods helping you keep the direction that you're on. Now, if a deer hits water, if a deer hits a hill, if a deer hits a thick patch of trees, if a deer hits a road or a house or a yard, it may turn. It may do a 90 degree turn. It may... All kind of things can happen once they come into some sort of obstruction um, or something. But in general, they're going to keep going straight-ish. Um, they may curve slightly, but the thing is you want to go step-to-step, drop-to-drop. So you're going slowly. Assuming you've allowed enough time to pass that this deer is most likely expired, you're going to go slowly because you never know for sure if the deer is expired and you don't want to lose the trail going too fast. So now if you have a lot of blood on the ground and I've had times where there was a lot of blood on the ground, you know, you can walk quick because there's just no missing it. You're just following this trail of blood and you always, I always am walking through the woods armed, loaded and at the ready. 
fits a rifle, fits a fits a bow, fits a crossbow. I'm always loaded because I'm never sure that deer is dead until I can for I touch it and I know it's dead. And we have walked up on deer before that were not dead, that jump, that ran. And when that happens, sometimes you have a moment, right? You spot the deer looking at you, bleeding in a bush or, or you know, from behind some cover or just in the middle of some leaves. And sometimes you have a moment, you can take another shot. But if you left your, your weapon back at the truck because you assume the deer's dead, then you're going to have problems. So I'm always walking, tracking the deer, armed and at the ready, um, because you just don't know what's going to happen. All right, now you, safety on, barrel pointed up, right? Unless you have reason to believe that deer is still, still alive and is right over here, and, and you're just trying to careen around a tree to get the perfect shot, you want to be extra safe here, because this is often the most dangerous part of the entire hunt, all right? This can be the most dangerous point. You're walking through the woods with a loaded gun or a loaded crossbow or a knocked arrow, and you trip, you slip, you fall, you get too anxious. A punter walks by, and you're, you're expecting it to be your deer, and all kind of things can happen, but more often than not, people trip, they slip, they fall. They just get too anxious, they, they have the barrel pointed up in the air and they still end up somehow pulling the trigger. So you want to take extra precaution. Don't walk with your finger on the trigger. Walk with the barrel up. Walk with the crossbow pointed up. Walk with the safety on. Be ready though to, to, move, to act quickly, but don't walk around like an idiot. You don't want to kill yourself or somebody else. So you got to be extra careful knowing that the adrenaline, that the moment, that fatigue, that the situation is just all these forces and feelings are working on you and you have to be extra safe, safer than you would normally be just walking through the woods with a gun. So you're looking for every drop or every footstep. Now, what will happen or what can happen is the blood trail could dry up or become more sporadic. And if that happens, you got to be looking for footsteps. You got to be marking the last drop that you saw or the last footstep. So you can turn around and look for that trail and, and, and have a good line of sight, a good idea of where you're going, where the deer is, where you've been. And you're just looking for that next droplet. Now, what helps is you can smell it. Right? You can smell often the the blood you can smell the deer so you know it, it, it that lets you know gives you a little bit more reinforcement if you've gone a little while and haven't seen any sign but you can still smell it you just got to be careful now if you lose the trail the blood trail the footsteps everything you want to go back to the last drop you want to set your line and then you want to just start looking and combing looking at things from different perspectives. Sometimes you want to kneel down, crouch down, get closer to the ground. Look for maybe you can see some disturbed ground or twigs or leaves in a certain direction. Um, maybe you can see blood from a different angle. Um, so you want, to, you want to look at it from all angles, from all sides. You want to just really work. Now, if you lose it completely and, 
and you're just, you know, you sit there for an hour trying to find the next drop and you can't find it, then you just got to set your line and you just got to start going slowly in that line and looking for more. Now, if the trail runs cold, and it will from time to time, what you have to do, you've done all the time you can spend, you need to change your tactics and start with a grid pattern. You need to start searching with a grid pattern that starts from the last confirmed footprint or drop of blood and then continues like a cone, right and left, with, with the most likely path down the middle. And then you just start searching, walking left to right, couple feet, left to right, couple feet, looking for blood, looking for footprints, looking for the deer. Um, you know, you never want to leave a deer. You never want to give up or abandon the search, though it will happen. You know, you can only spend so much time looking. Um, you know, it's a sad thing to lose a deer, but it happens. However, the goal here of this episode is to help you guys do everything that can be done to try to not lose that deer. And so often, deer are lost that are recoverable. They're not a mile away. They're within 100 yards. And you just didn't find them, didn't look hard enough, didn't look smart enough. And, um, you know, so you want to begin then in a grid pattern, searching for any sign, searching for the deer. Now, there's two phases here, okay? One phase is you are looking for the next bit of sign. You know, you could do that grid pattern, you know, do 100 yards of grid searching, and you find no sign at all. And if that happens, that's sad, that sucks, but that doesn't mean it's over. Then you begin a different kind of searching, and this is searching for the deer itself. So you pick the most likely direction, and then you begin to, you may walk that path, that trail, that direction for a while, and you have to start thinking, okay, where would that deer be? Where would that deer go down? If it puttered out, where would it putter out? Now, if you've gone several hundred yards, chances are the deer did not just fall over in its tracks. That usually happens seconds after it's hit. All right, if, if it does not go down quickly within a 200 yards of where you hit it, chances are that it didn't just fall over while it's running. It bedded down somewhere, it hid somewhere, it went for cover somewhere, and that's where it died. That's awesome. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. So then you want to start looking for, okay, looking for, where, did the deer just fall while it was running? If it was a good shot, that can happen. That's the best case scenario. But if it was not a great shot, if it was a single lung shot, if it was in the through the liver or somewhere in, in the back and it still killed the deer, well, what happened? That deer went to cover somewhere, bedded down, and died. Even if it's the next day you're out looking, you're looking now, okay, where would that deer have gone? You're looking under trees. You're looking in brush. You're looking behind fallen logs. You're looking in tall grass. You're looking for where the deer could have gone. Where was the deer most likely to pile up and, and just, you know, bed down and, and 
and slowly bleed out. So, you know, phase one, you are following the sign, you're looking for sign, you're following the blood trail, you're looking for blood trail, doing everything you can do to find the blood trail and keep the trail. And if that expires, then you're looking for, okay, where did the deer fall? If you've gone so far, then it becomes, okay, where might the deer just ran into the bushes? Now, I've had the deer run into the bushes within 30 yards. So it's not always a long way, a long distance deal. I've had deer with a perfect shot run 30 yards, dive into the bushes, and expired seconds later. So all kind of things can happen. You want to think through this scenario. And you know, anytime you lose the trail, go back to where your last confirmed point of trail was, and then you think about it differently. All right, if this deer died while running, where was it most likely running? So you walk that way for a good long ways, and you think, you search, you look. If you come up empty-handed, you come back. You say, okay, if this deer ducked in for cover and then died, where would it have ducked in for cover? All right, then you walk it out and, and you go that route. Then you come back and you say, okay, if this deer was not critically hit, if it did not die quickly and it made it, it ran for its bedding area or a bedding area or a likely bedding area in that direction, where would it have gone? And then you walk that out and you just try to think through every scenario and you won't find every lost deer. You just, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. But you can find most of them. You really can. And, and, and we have done some searches where, oh man, did we, I, I gave up hope at one point thinking, okay, well, now we've crossed property lines. You know, how are we going to keep following? So then you're knocking on people's doors. Hey, you know, we're tracking a deer. You never go to the door with a, with a weapon in hand either or a face mask on. You go to the door with no face mask, no weapon. You say, hey, so sorry to bother you. I was tracking a wounded deer crossed over onto your property. Can I have your permission to keep looking for it? Nine out of ten times, people are going to say, sure. Sometimes people will come help you. Sometimes they'll, they'll get the camera ready, hoping you drag it out and they can take a picture of it. Oftentimes they'll not care and they'll just go back in and, and go on with things. They might ask you to let them know if you found it or when you're done. You just, whatever they say to do, you say, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sure, I'll do that. And then you do it. And then we tracked it to off their property, cross another line. Okay, now who owns this property? There's no house. And we're driving around. Hey, saying, hey, do you know who owns this property? Oh yeah, they live down here. Okay, so now we go down there. Hey, you know, we're tracking a deer from that property to this property. Looks like it went onto your property. Do we ha can we have permission to keep tracking it? And nine out of 10 times, they're gonna say yes. And then we've gone back, get back on the trail, tracking it onto the new property. And this is like two or three hours later. And there's the deer still alive. Single lung shot turned out. So what do we do? Took another shot, put it down immediately. And, you know, those kind of things are not uncommon. You got to be ready. You got to be prepared. Hopefully, most of the deer you shoot are going to go down quickly and they're going to go down close. But you got to keep these kind of things in mind. And also, you know, while you're walking the most likely trail, if you don't see blood for a while, think, train your eye to look at different things. 
all right? Maybe you need to get down real low and go real slow, get the lighting different. So if there is some shine or shimmer from the blood, you can catch it in the lighting differently. Um, you know, different altitude, different direction. Maybe you're looking for it in the morning and it's cloudy and you didn't find it and you lost the trail. Then the sun comes out a couple hours later. Hey, let's get back out there. You got sun. That sun might illuminate some things, might let you see some sheen or some shine from that blood, might let you see some drops or splatter you couldn't see. Give it another shot. Um, you know, now... Another thing you want to be careful of, though, is if you didn't wait long enough, or if the deer's not done, you spook it, it jumps up and runs. Now, we've tracked deer, man, for two hours to the point, and found so much blood, we've wondered how could the deer still be alive with all the blood that we found in the woods. But we jumped it. We spooked it. That deer went 30 yards and then bedded down, and we didn't know it. We thought it just kept careening through the woods. And we got up the check, and then, boom, the deer took off and ran. And you just don't know, though. You just don't, you, you can never know everything. So you can be cautious. You can take proper steps. You can still make mistakes because you just don't know everything. So you need to be careful. Now, when that happens, you shouldn't just keep looking for the deer immediately. If that deer just popped up and ran again and is leaving blood the whole way it runs... Well, okay, that is not an instant kill. That's not a double lung shot. That's not a heart shot. That's not a major artery. That deer's not dying within five minutes. You need now to give that deer time. If it popped up and ran after 20 minutes and it's not dead in the first 15, 20 minutes, then you do not want to just chase it because chances are that deer is going to be able to outrun you. And yeah, it's going to die, especially if there's a lot of blood, but... That deer is going to run a long way. He's going to probably cover multiple properties and you're going to have trouble. So the last thing you want to do is jump a deer that is mortally wounded but not urgently wounded. And then that deer runs because, you know, they're hurt. They can run fast sometimes. They can run far, further than you would think. And then, you know, time is your ally. If that happens, you just need to pull back and wait a while. And hope they didn't run too far and definitely don't spook them again. So guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Make sure you check out the website, newhuntersguide.com, for lots of other episodes on deer hunting and all kinds of hunting. Please head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with comment to help the show rank higher in the algorithm. And I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, God bless you, and go get them in the woods. <laughs>